0: I'm Joshua Roberts of Biz News, and with me is Randmore Fund Management founder, Sean Pesh. Sean, it's felt like an age since we last spoke. There's been so many interesting developments in the last few weeks, a lot on the inflation story and the numbers coming from that, and the actions or words rather of the Fed in the last few weeks. Is this the single biggest risk to markets at the moment, or are there other risks such as Omicron and the rest of the COVID variants that might emerge in the coming weeks?
1: Well, Justin, very good to speak to you and devastated here from a zero degrees in, in the UK that I can't be out with our families in South Africa over Christmas. But anyway, that's uh, unfortunately the situation. So lots, uh, lots has happened. And if I thought it would be interesting just to have a look at um, 2020. So there's a chap and, and I'd encourage your, your listeners to go and have a look at this. But there's a, there's a gentleman called Byron Ween. And Byron Wien is the chairman of uh, the Apollo Advisory Group. Uh, so that's, uh, sorry, Blackstone Advisory Group. Um, and, and he is, uh, he, every year he puts out Byron's 10 surprises for the year. And he's been doing it since 1986. And what he basically does is he puts out 10 surprises that to everybody just seem ridiculous. And there's just no way that is going to happen. But he's obviously been successful enough. And that so often the, what, is, what is unexpected happens that he still does it some 25 years later, okay, um, and sorry, 35 years later. Anyway, uh, so, so let's just take a look back and say what, what what did he say were his surprises, was going to be his surprises in at the end of last year? I mean, he said that the economy would develop, uh, there. and sorry, eight of, about eight or seven or eight of them are market-related and some are other other things, like President Trump would start his own television network. But the success of five and ten vaccines would allow the U.S. to return some form of normal. That's largely happened. Okay. The Justice Department softens its case against Google and Facebook. Well, that hasn't happened. The economy develops momentum on its own and depressed hospitality and airline stocks become strong performers. Well, at the end of last year, the GDP growth was negative 1%. It's currently 9.7%. So I'd give them half a mark for that because hospitality and airline stocks haven't recovered um, unemployment falls to five percent it was 6.7 it's now four percent I'd give them a mark there uh, Federal Reserve and Treasury embrace modern monetary authority give them a mark there oil price would recover to $65 at the time it was 48 that's currently 71 you know 65 felt a long way from 48 so he gets a mark there. risk on the S&P trades at 4,500 later in the year. At the time, S&P was 3,800. Gets a mark there. The surge in economic growth causes the treasury yield to rise 2%. It was less than one. I would give him half a mark. The slide in the dollar turns around. Well, the dollar is up um, 7% since then. So I actually score him 75%. And that's that's quite amazing. And so, you know, those were all things that just at the time felt miles away. Um, and so if I, you know, just to, to spur some debate, I've come up with what I think are my 10 surprises. And let's, and let's look at those. A COVID fades into irrelevance. I think this Omicron, you know, I think that could actually fade into irrelevance. And this is last, I mean, a few days ago I wrote my fact sheet about Pfizer. Uh, but some of the data that's coming out about how mild it is and how it's uh, spreading faster than the Delta, maybe it fades into irrelevance. And that gives the Fed excuse to raise rates. So the Fed funds rate was 1.75% pre-COVID. It's now 025 Well, what happens if now there's an excuse to raise rates and it just goes back to one? Seems like a long way. Doesn't seem unreasonable. Um, here's the controversial one. The tech basket falls 30%. Okay. Now, I mean, sure, you're you know, those ones who are still listening. But just think about this. Apple's $2.7 trillion. Microsoft's market cap's $2.5 trillion. Amazon 1.7, Google 2, Tesla 1, you know, those few companies together add up to $10 trillion. And just five years ago, the thought of a 1000000000000 trillion dollar company was quite something. And you've seen uh, Amazon's earnings fell last quarter. So, I mean, who needs, if, if the world economy opens up, if COVID's no longer an issue, well, we're not going to be spending money on tech. We want to go traveling. We want to go to restaurants. So we'll just wait. We don't need to refresh our iPhones. So... I think the tech basket could easily fall 30%. Um, value smashes growth by 30%. Okay, they're both up 17% year to date. So there's no difference. Amazon's flat. Deutsche Bank's beaten Amazon this year. All right. Um, small caps beat large caps. Small caps are up 12 percent year to date. Large caps are up 18. I think next year, small caps absolutely destroy large caps. All the money, that 10 trillion dollars, if stuff starts to, if people start to scurry out of tech stocks, that 10 trillion dollars has to find a home. And that's not going to go to zero. But even if you get half a trillion dollars moving out, um, you yeah, know, that's going to move the small caps. Europe beats the U.S., Who's thinking out there that the Europe is going to beat the U.S.? Well, Europe's only up 8.7. The U.S. is up 21. This is this this year. But for next year, I think Europe beats the U.S. I think Bitcoin bites the dust and falls 50. Uh, I think inflation actually falls because COVID fears dissipate. Some of these other commodity prices start to soften. And now that everybody has, is talking about inflation rising and the Fed's taken away transitory uh, inflation I think uh, could fall the dollar falls ten percent and oil price hits one hundred dollars so those would be my surprise my ten surprises for next year um, and I think the lesson that we should all learn from byron 's experiences over the last thirty five years is that is that the unexpected happens so expect the unexpected and if you sitting in tech stocks and think that last year 's next year is going to be just like last year, well you never know you could be in for a nasty surprise.
0: Sean, I think a lot of the surprises that you mentioned can be passed into the valuation talk. I know it's something that you're passionate about, so let's uh, focus on it for a second. Sean, these are the cleverest guys on Wall Street. We get companies like Rivian that haven't produced a vehicle, yet demand a higher valuation than a British-American tobacco. If we just step away from it for a second, take all the investment analysis out, how that could possibly work from a logical perspective, how Rivian demands a higher valuation than a company like a British American Tobacco, are people like me and you crazy, or is the world just being turned upside down? What is happening right now?
1: Well, it's been rampant speculation, and that is that is uh, a result of very low interest rates, and it's a case of you know what it's like. You go to a dinner party, and you're hearing about everybody else making all the money on Bitcoin, and eventually you succumb to the greed. And uh, so that's what's been happening. And it's always looking for the next story. So we missed Tesla. Great. Well, here's another company, Rivian. And then you get merchant bankers taking advantage of that. You've got derivatives. So you've got people sitting at home, new entrants in the market. they buying geared products in the form of options. Um, and, and off you go. Uh, And so I think it's largely greed. But then what happens? I mean, you know, let's just see who the casualties are. I mean, the market's only down a few percent from its highs, but people are wrongly positioned, including hedge funds. You know, you look at the Goldman Sachs VIP index and some of the names in there, I don't even know what some of half of those companies do. Um, and yet these are some of the, the most widely owned companies uh, by some of the largest hedge funds in the world. And so you know, the, the problem is it's, it's in the chase to get performance fees. It's in the chase to do better than everybody else. Greed really drives it, and greed has been facilitated by lower rates. But as soon as the party ends, and, uh, and then you look down, I mean, you saw a company, DocuSign, fell 42% the other day. DocuSign. So, yes, great product, you know, that you can sign agreements electronically. But what's to stop Microsoft doing that or Adobe or Google or any of these, these, these companies? But it's still worth $27 billion after falling 42%. So this is what happens when you have low rates. But um, the party is ending for many of those companies, Peloton and Zoom and a lot of those stories that were last year's stories, Um, we still people are still holding zoom meetings people are still pedaling on their peloton bikes but the prices ran too far and so at the end of the day it's what does a company earn and what is it worth and that's what we're going to fall back to and that's why i think a lot of these tech companies they're great companies but the prices are just too high and everybody owns them Um, and uh, so yeah that's what i think is going to drive it And sorry, importantly, Justin, conditions are not improving for these companies. You know, Apple has warned its suppliers that things are slowing down. Amazon reported negative earnings last quarter. And when conditions deteriorate, prices fall. It's that simple.
0: Sean, the S&P 500 for the last three consecutive years has increased by around 25% to 30%. In the last 50 years, there's only been one period of four consecutive years of double-digit growth. Are you saying that this party has to come to an end soon. And if we have to be honest and take a step back, these indices have been increasing only just on the fact that the big large cap stocks have kept on increasing. There is a lot of pain underneath those big large tech names.
1: There is, there is indeed. And if you look at... Um, on some of the charting packages, you can find advanced decline ratios and you look at the, the number of stocks that are advancing compared to the number of stocks that are declining. You know, the number of stocks that are declining, there's a lot of pain under there, um, underneath the hood. And so, um, yeah, it would not surprise me. I mean, of course, the problem is after three consecutive years of double digit returns, you become complacent and you think next year is going to be just the same. And it's at that point when, um, when it's actually quite the opposite. And so how many strategists out there are saying Europe's going to beat uh, the U.S. next year? I, I don't know. I mean, probably not many. Um, and, uh, and that's what I always find so, so fascinating about Byron's 10 surprises. Um, and so position yourself. For position. So I, in terms of positioning for next year, just say, right, well, how's my portfolio at the moment? What, what happens if I'm wrong? And and how am I going to get hurt? I mean, you you know you look back to you look at the rand last year. What did the rand do? Went from 14 to 19. How many people when it was 19 were saying that the rand was going to fall back to below 15? Very few. And so it's really quite an important thing to just stand back and go, well, what happens if my portfolio? You know, what under what conditions would my portfolio do badly? And if I am full of tech companies and growth companies, uh, you know, you you only position for one outcome. And if the other outcome eventually it's, well, then you're in trouble.